0: Welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number 1099. Today on Cars Yeah! I'm celebrating the Concorso Italiano Car Show that takes place on Saturday, August 25th at the Black Horse Golf Course in beautiful Monterey Bay, California. For more information and tickets, go to concorso.com.
1: When you make a design, put all your ideas together. Once you have everything on paper, all your ideas are right there start deleting everything that is not necessary.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm a revved up And so excited to introduce today's very special guest. Today he's calling in from New Zealand, but he's always on the road, traveling around the world, Samuel Shafar. Samuel, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes. Awesome. Samuel Shiffard is the Vice President and Global Design Director for Icona Design Group in Torino, Italy. He is also one of the company's founding members back in 2010. In eight short years, Icona's client list now reads like the who's who of global and Chinese automakers. The company has a turnover of 18 million euros back in 2017 and growing. Samuel manages a team of 74 designers across three continents and dozens of projects simultaneously, thus all the travel. Icona has created iconic and successful designs, including the revered fuselage, the Maxa Sub D90 concept, the nucleus. And the Volcano Titanium, the world's first titanium supercar. Samuel is a graduate of the Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, California, and he's worked at Nissan's European Design Studio. He was also Senior Designer at Jaguar, Land Rover, and Chief Designer at Style Bertone in Turin, Italy. Samuel, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles and design?
1: Yes. Well, um, in fact, so despite uh, apart from my from my uh, resume that you just uh, uh, talked about, uh, I can say that like uh, I've been a car designer uh, from very early days. Uh, I have always loved cars. I've always uh, wanted to uh, be working for cars, and I've always been very good uh, at uh, drawing. And therefore, uh, car design was the most obvious uh, direction for me. So this is something that uh, I always wanted to do very early on. And I've been uh, fortunate to be able to pursue as a career. So it, is, uh, it has always been very much a passion, not, not quite a job, which is also what my wife believes. I don't really have a job. I just have a hobby.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, we all know there is some work involved in running a design studio. And boy, you are on the road. Uh- For my listeners, uh, Samuel was telling me he was in four countries in the last 10 days, and he's getting ready to leave New Zealand and come to California for Concorso Italiano and Car Week. I'm looking so forward to meeting you there. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Samuel, take the wheel.
1: Well, if I have to point out that a, a mantra, which is very simple, is less is more. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Gandini, uh, Gandini who used to be also a chief designer at Bertone in the past, uh, Gandini actually took over the hand of uh, Gigiaro when Gigiaro left in 64 at Bertone. Where, when Gigiaro did the first shapes of the Miura, people will remember that. He did the volume actually. Gandini, yes. Gandini finished the graphics of that famous car, which graphics that you can find later on the Alpha Montreal. Anyway, Gordini also was the father of the edge design with the, the wedge design with the Kuntash the uh, and all these Lamborghinis that really basically defined the style of Lamborghini today. Lamborghini today just cook, keep recooking that recipe, which is excellent. Uh, but, but there is something particular that he used to say. Uh, he used to say to his designers, This is more. When you make a design, put all your ideas together. Once you have everything on paper, all your ideas are right there. Start deleting everything that is not necessary. And once you delete deleted everything that is not necessary, delete one more thing. And uh, this approach is, is very simple and very uh, correct, believe. Because actually, the most beautiful design that people would have in memory, and I'm sure that the people that love uh, Italian design will agree with that, because often they are made of very simple, simple lines, simple shapes. They, uh, they they will agree with this. Yes, yeah, so you keep what is the most essential. In fact, if we look closer at the work of uh, Gordini, uh, he was very true to his word in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, but uh, eventually everybody knows that the Countach started to become a, a little bit like uh, Elvis Presley with the years. It started to be a little bit more, you know, <laughs> <laughs> detailed.
0: <laughs> but well, that's the first time I've, I've heard that word equated to Elvis Presley. That's very interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually read that article in the past. Like the, the De Tomaso portera was also a little bit like Elvis Presley. Very pure when it started. And at the end of the, the, the road, the, the last production cars were a little bit more heavy in detail.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, that saying, I love that saying, less is more. My father was an architect, and he used to teach me, or he did teach me, uh, that phrase, which back in I think it was architect Ludwig Miels van der uh was one of the early concept or coiners of that phrase. The idea of less is more, and I think you you, sub- you described it very very well for people because I've shared it with others and they look at me kind of puzzled and go, "What do you mean less is more? That doesn't make any sense." But you said it very well. You start stripping away things till you get down to the bare essence of the design, and when you talk about the the Mira and the kuntash and some of these beautiful cars that were designed out of Italy uh exactly right i mean it just it makes sense it's just like a design statement or a fashion statement if you wear too much you're you're kind of gilding the lily you're a little bit over overdone but if you just pull a few things away it looks ever so nice so thank you for sharing that so eloquently i would love for you to go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars you've been a car guy for a long time a designer for a long time. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were going to be a car guy?
1: Actually, I was, uh, I was born in a garage. by <laughs> so, so oh, really? Job, and uh, cars were part of the family table uh, nonstop. I was talented at drawing, so then car design became the most natural goal. So I actively looked for a car design school at the age of 12. Unfortunately, I could not start one immediately. (laughs) So I went for, I actually moved from to France to Belgium just for school, because I did find a a school called Saint-Luc, which would bring me a good baccalaureate, so a a good level of um, uh, fine arts at the same time as I would have academics, so I could continue uh, any university I want, really. That's what I went for, for six years there. And eventually, I I actually studied in America, uh, Art Center College of Design, Pasadena, which uh, I, um, but the first I started that school in Switzerland, that's, that school used to have an antenna in Switzerland where I started. Oh, and that, oh really? That's, that's okay. That's always been, always been my, my goal was to become a car designer because there was nothing that would uh, just fulfill, suit me, the, the as good as this because, you know, yes. you put drawing and passion for cars, it's got to be that.
0: Absolutely. Born in a garage. I love that. Let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. And no doubt you've met some challenges, maybe even a failure or two along the way that kind of tested you a little bit. These are important times in our lives because they teach us valuable lessons. So take us through one of those times in your life. Kind of walk us through us, and tell us the story.
1: I, I looked into this, these questions of, uh, okay, what would what be a, a difficult thing that I learned in my life? In fact, mm-hmm. I believe that many people will have uh, that work in the industry in particular, any industry, will have, will have found this. I have found that uh, when you work in a large company in the industry, often the people who talk the most are not necessarily the ones who actually do the most. And you will also <laughs> find that uh, the people that really are, are are very good at what they do, unfortunately, they tend to be kept exactly at that very position because you need somebody to get the action done. This is the reality of things. but. The most important lesson of that was that I I entered Nissan actually at a time of trouble when Renault just arrived to to basically sort out Nissan of its big trouble and not just financially, but the whole structure was revised. And it was a great time of challenge where we had to reinvent that brand that was back in the late 99. To the designers, it's a dream come true because you are literally being asked the question, please reinvent the brand. When you come to a successful Mm -hmm. brand, let's say, What is successful today? Maybe uh, Mercedes recently just went through a a big uh, revamp of its design. Uh, They went from the boxy Mm -hmm. stuff, uh, very sharp, a couple of years ago to something a lot sexier, a lot softer, and very successful now. So recently, Mercedes is very comfortable with what they got. For sure, the next generation cannot be a big breakthrough of something different. They are successful. They did a good job. Why change it? Audi has been also very successful for now almost two decades on this, uh, what they launched two decades ago, this type of language, very simple and Bauhaus, very successful. Why change it? They evolve it. So this is, of course, the the ransom of success, in fact, that it becomes evolution and not revolution. When you are a designer and you arrive at a time when it is revolution, It is a very interesting time, absolutely. And what you see as well is that usually the company will do that only if it has really nothing to lose. And nothing to lose is a beautiful attitude. I I guess people will talk about the same way about that in in sports or in many areas, in fact. But the nothing to lose uh, attitude, uh, uh, there's a lot of beautiful things to say about it. I was lucky, in fact, to arrive at a time where this is exactly what happened at Nissan in the uh, the early years I was there, because I was there for eight years. Huh? And uh, by the end of it, uh, eight years later, the brand became very successful with very good products on the road, both for Nissan and Infiniti. It was a beautiful thing to be part of that. But for sure, the, the, the second generation we had to design was a little bit more cold feet than the first generation. And that is completely natural. As you remember, the 370Z, compared to the 350Z, was not a big evolution, a big revolution. It was an evolution, uh, etc. cetera. And, and, and that's completely natural. But uh, th- so this was a beautiful time where I learned that the people really uh, come together uh, as a block, trying to exchange ideas and to have prolific ideas and to work together as a team when they are facing a big challenge. And uh, this is yes. true, I think, in probably every industry. And when you work in large companies, this can be actually the salvation of having big team. Then when a company gets comfortable and gets much more uh, confident with what it does, it is for sure for the better when you look at the numbers. Actually, when you look from the human side, uh, from the inside, the, the the comfort zone can create a tension, internal tension, that are not necessarily uh, uh, welcome to, to work together as a team. So I can say that this is definitely a challenge and that the working culture which I have been uh, working with since i had the possibility to do it so which means really since i became chief designer at bertone and later design director for for um, uh, icona the natural way to work with my guys is always to um, to let them uh, challenge me and to let them challenge each other and disagree with mm. each other uh, and yes. because this i think is a very constructive way, it's not about just challenging for the sake of changing it, to have a point, but uh, I I, f- I find that very enriching that you can uh, try to always push yourself uh, and you can re- question what you what you just done, not being too precious about your work. You know, designers can yeah. become a little bit like artists, a little bit like diva. Oh, don't criticize my work! No, no, no. This is my <laughs> yes. yes, this and that. No, uh, you, it's it's hard to do, but a designer should try to stay as objective as possible to his creation. And and uh, often we even make a joke about it. So what do you think of that thing? Yeah, it's not good, isn't it? But, you know, you, you will try to, to make jokes about it in order to yes. detach yourself from it and to become more objective and uh, and to, uh, to do what needs to be done, which is the less is more approach. Because at some point you have to delete, you have to edit, you have to, to make uh, things like, as it should be. It will be the same of many, many industries. A filmmaker has to do editing at the end of the day and there will be many scenes that he actually has to cut because it doesn't make the story stronger but the, the scene was very beautifully played he would have loved to kept it but it does not make the story stronger and he has only an hour and a half to, to close the movie so you know he has to do some editing and, and that is true of uh, pretty much anything I, I suppose but yeah the politics is, is, this is a difficult challenge to, to that I, I think I could build on to have a, a, a political way to approach uh, to work together in the team And I think that that's what I learned from this. And I succeeded to implement in a very natural way in in my working environment today.
0: Well, you took us on a very, very interesting insider's tour of the the inner workings of the automotive design industry. I find that really, really fascinating. How about shifting gears and talking about an aha moment or a big pivot in your career, something that caused you to go down a new path in a new direction?
1: My aha moments will come really from the outside i am always determined in the v- uh, vision that I pursue and when someone challenges me to think differently I first get destabilized and then build on a concept even stronger uh, that does mm-hmm. not have to uh, I knew that thought for me the the, the one of the the, the big um, thinker that challenged me at the time was uh, when I started working I was an, uh, an intern at BMW it was Klaus Kapitza uh, who was the chief mm-hmm. designer of BMW technique in uh, Munich he was very much challenging my ideas and disagreeing, uh, but it was being very uh, constructive and, uh, and of course, learning. At the time, I was I had only so much exposure to uh, international scene, and so of course I was in art center which had uh, already fifty two nationalities in that school in the the, the Swiss uh, branch, but uh, mm-hmm. which was already great to 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 realize the different perspectives, the different approach people come from depending where they come from. But here I was in the, embedded into this uh, German teutonic approach where you can hear in their vocabulary. Actually, when you even learn the, uh, start learning the language and you start hearing that certain words repeat all the time. Germans love to use words like, ah, stabil. This is very stable. It's very solid. It's very consequent. That's a love, a word they love to use, consequent. And, uh, which <laughs> yeah. means, which basically means everything has a good reason to be there. There's nothing that is just a little decoration or something, which when you come from a Latin country like France or Italy, you would, uh, you, you would tend to fall in love with little details that uh, you, say you think is so pretty. But it's not about the, the jewelry. The, the, the Germans, they will see first the shape, the solid shape. It has to be very stable, yes, trust- yes. trustworthy, et <laughs> And so you, you start learning from the you, – you, you put yourself in the shoes of the other, and you start learning from the eyes of the other – that was certainly my first aha moment to to be uh, embedded into that German culture and uh, and be yes. challenged to think differently and to approach things differently. Yes,
0: interesting. Well, yes, very German. Yes, the right way. This is the only way. This is the way we go. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car in your life. Is there a vehicle that really stands out that was the first one that really had a meaning for you?
1: Actually, uh, I got quite lucky when I arrived in the USA. I thought, my God, in California, there's got to be uh, some real cool deals. But as you know, a lot of exotic cars were always exported in California uh, yep. for, for decades. So when I first arrived there, I bought a Jaguar XJS V12 1985 Coupe. Ooh. A car which I okay. And, of course, I wanted it to be dark green with beige interior, very uh, uh, British cliche. Uh, And I found just that. Actually, that was quite a challenge because, as you can imagine, as a student, my budget was really small. I found a car on an auto auto trader, and uh, that car was bought at the auction by someone who was pretty dodgy living in South Central L.A., and we went with a couple of friends, and I went to buy the car cash. Cash paid the DMV until until the title was clear that that car was not a stolen car, and eventually I drove yeah. it away with four injectors that were leaking uh, petrol, which I knew about, and there was already had a, there's been a little fire in the engine bay already. So oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it did take some fixing. It was not an easy ride, but what a dream come true to come uh, to uh, to be able to go to school in a, a V12 of uh, a Jaguar XJS, That was uh, obviously something very, very special. A car I'm still in love uh, with. Today.
0: Wow, what a story. Yeah, very special indeed. I mean, not too many students are, are driving into the parking lot in a vehicle like that. Wow, very cool. Well, how about a car that you've owned that you've let go? Is there a seller's remorse story in your life?
1: Well, to the dismay of my wife, I don't let go with cars <laughs>
0: oh, okay
1: I, buy, I, I i buy and i don't sell what i i sold some cars, but you know some a to b cars like uh, i had a, an audi yeah. i let go infinity f x thirty five that was a nice car. we let go, but these are a to b cars i i mean i they are consumable modern cars, so I don't have big love for this car. I do regret. I do regret uh, not buying it. There was an XK120 Coupe, which I should have really bought. That was uh, mostly restored, actually. Body finished and everything finished, trim, ready to put on, etc. That was for sale in Paris. At the time, it was I was working at uh, Land Rover Jaguar. I was so tempted to buy it, but it was not quite the time and this and that because of, you know, just moved in, in the UK, etc. Yes, uh, and okay. I, I really should have bought it. That was really silly of me not to buy it. It's not the <laughs> only one I regret, but uh, there was also a Facel Vega Excellence. I don't know if you know that car. Really beautiful car. The Excellence is the one which is a four door Facel Vega with B Pilar two oh, side door on wow. the rear. Beautiful. Yes. Thing. And uh, I yes. knew the owner. I knew the owner. And um, it was a magnificent car, bl- black with a light gray interior. Uh, there was also nice. a 3.8 E type for um coupe that was black with black interior. That and when the, the tailgate was open, it just looked like a grand piano, that car was just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Anyway. Very, so well list of, list of regrets I have many, I can tell you. <laughs> but they are all yeah. about cars I did not buy.
0: <laughs> I think we all have a lot of those in our lives. Well, I would love for you to share with our listeners today. What are you working on these days that has you very excited and fired up at Icona Design Group? And I know there's some things you can't talk about, but what is you excited today in the design world?
1: Actually, at the moment, we are working on three very different projects, which will be shown in the, the next uh, Geneva Motor Show. Actually, you know, we are coming actually to the Los Angeles uh, Auto Show with uh, our last car we, we did in, for the Geneva Show, which is the Icona Nucleus, which is a autonomous driving vehicle. Very revolutionary. Yes. I sent yes. you a picture of that, actually. And, it's uh, which I believe will be the, is uh, quite frankly the, a pivotal moment for, for the history of car, this uh, autonomous driving car. And, uh, it yes. will be the shape of things to come. I am actually quite convinced. I, I we did that car really the, for the nucleus, to refer to the nucleus. We did that car with doing the best of what we believe is, is right. The best of what we believe is correct and makes sense you know, form, answer, function, like the you used to say that, Bootsy, Bootsy I think, from yes. Uh, yes. The Porsche. Yes, from, uh-huh. from Porsche. Uh, yes. You know, form, a, a, form express function. That's all, that's all what it is. Now, all, although that car has a lot, a lot of, uh, let's say, romance in the lines, it's much more like a yacht or a uh, uh, private jet uh, type of design to be elegant and and, and purposeful. Uh, definitely, the, the, the fact that we will have autonomous driving cars tomorrow means that uh, it w- we will, also change our belief of what we need, how we need to be perceived from the outside. And not every car will have a long hood and will say driver, will say engine, will say some sort of um, aggressive uh, look from, from the outside. You know, today we have this big trend of SUV. You know, people love this stuff. I have an X5, an X6, this kind of thing, which, okay, what does that say about the psychology? It says, I am driving. I am driving, I am dominating the road, I have something that is slightly higher, stronger, can hit a curb and survive it, I'm dominating the road. So that's really where the SUV trend is coming from. I think it it does portray a certain idea of uh, psychological idea of the driver. And when the driver is no longer a driver but a passenger, it will simply start changing the way we look at cars and what we desire in the car, because essentially you enter in your vehicle, you enter the address where you want to go, and you go. And it is yep. also true that if you are renting a car with a driver, well, uh, actually yeah. you don't have the same sort of expectation of its outside look. It's a much more horizontal design, much more understated, much more calm. Uh, you, you don't expect to have the wedge and the poise of a driver car that you drive by yourself. So. You, your expectations of the design are clearly different, interior and exterior. And that's, that's basically what the nuclear says. And that was a big, big step, what we did for Geneva. You will see it in Los Angeles uh, in the next months coming. Now, uh, this time for Geneva, we are working on some very exciting things. Of course, I can say very little of it, but I can tell you this. One of them will be red, Italian, and very fast.
0: Okay,
1: awesome. Okay, that sounds quite (laughs) exciting. It sounds like some good material for for Italiano next year. (laughs) Yes, we C CC, we be. (laughs) (laughs) So this is one. The second project is uh, the evolution of uh, the uh, Icona Neo that was introduced in 2015, which was very much a concept for an electric city car, uh, which really was uh, uh, pushing the edge of what we could do visually, but was mostly addressing the issue of having a design which would answer to the young generation, the young generation which Mm. is much more obsessed with their mobile phone, their computer, everything else like this, than the car itself. As you know, that uh, in the last 10 years, in every country, in particular like, uh, like uh, Japan, uh, Asia in general, but now Europe as well and coming in the U.S., the young generation is not so much interested in cars. Uh, and mm-hmm. so this, uh, this uh, second car is uh, trying to uh, bring a design that will connect uh, with the visual world of these youngsters, of this new generation, mm. and that is in an electric uh, city car that will be this time absolutely feasible and ready to be industrialized. So that car would be ready and running for the Giva show as well. Wow. And then there awesome. will be a, a third project, which uh, will be about artificial intelligence. Absolutely Ooh. functioning. Absolutely functioning and quite a surprise. It will be quite a surprise. So this one, I can tell very little about it. And that's why uh, so we stop there. But uh, this yeah, would be okay. <laughs> uh, showing Showing a way of the future, which uh, will leave us uh, very much wondering, because as you can imagine, artificial intelligence will absolutely change our world. Yes, because our expectation from the very object is no longer the same. It becomes uh, wow. it has a mind of its own.
0: Yeah, very interesting. W- when will that third project be debuted to public?
1: Actually, uh, some prototypes are already running, and we are looking within next year. By the time we present it, it will be ready and running. Yes! Wow! The, the, very the, exciting. The, the place that has the most the most activity for this is actually China. You may you may know, uh, although a lot yes. of software is being developed in the Silicon Valley, the, for the world, for Europe, uh, and for for Asia, and for US of course. The the investors that are the most uh, active and that are going very quickly actually um, are, are located uh, for a lot in in uh, in China. Uh, and uh, the laws are also being uh, adopted very fast in order to to move uh, to move ahead with this uh, new world, new technology uh, over there. And and apparently, most interestingly, is the the, the the people really embrace the idea. You know, there is no uh, there is no resistance, absolutely no resistance from the people to to this type of technology.
0: Wow, very interesting. Well, you are working on some very exciting projects. Here's a very introspective question for you, Samuel. If you were manifested into a car, into a vehicle, what would you be, and why?
1: I've been thinking about that. Of course, I cannot say anything that's too uh, too daring, uh, because I, I I am not. Uh, let's uh, no. Realistically. I think the, uh, a, a, fair, a fair call would be the Citroen DS nineteen fifty five. Okay, I'm younger than that, huh? please. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I think that car was an absolute milestone. For for one, to so uh, to revert to that car is is not a bad thing. Yes. Uh, what what was that car meaning? That car was uh, it does have the less is more approach, and yes. it does have uh, a sense of trying to challenge things and to make them simpler. Uh, everything is simpler you know it only takes one screw actually to uh, to remove a rear fender on that car but it's not just about it's just uh, everything was quite a revolution at the time it was trying to break the rules and uh, as a designer the fact of breaking the rules but also bringing a certain flair to things you know uh, for me, it's very essential. I, I grew up loving cars and, and, and their shapes, and I was fascinated. I remember what, when I was a kid watching Miami Vice and looking at that fake uh, Ferrari Detona. That was so beautiful. You know, even though I, a couple of years later, I realized that uh, there is already uh, quite a few problems on that car, especially the wheel arch lips. but uh, (laughs) on on the the replica not the original one but anyway i I was totally in love with these cars that have flair that have just beauty and beauty is very very hard to define how do you call beauty for a car for a person for anything where is beauty coming from and beauty has a lot to do with a sense of harmony a sense of mystery and a sense of surprise it it intrigues you so beauty is quite a complex mix uh, how to achieve beauty but anyway, where was I going there? The DS has a beauty, <laughs> except, from, except, except from the rear. So I I, I should hope that uh, I, I, should not, <laughs> I should not compare it. But it's, and it's very French. It's very French. It's a bit provocative. And it's trying to break the rule, which is uh, what I'm supposed to do as a designer.
0: Exactly. Nicely said, Samuel. I like that. Well, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy on, easy off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Samuel, we're back and we're entering what I call the last lap, the lightning round. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Less is more. Of course, (laughs) absolutely. Will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your successes over the years?
1: Um, It's waking up thinking about cars, eating cars, drinking cars, and uh, (laughs) living all year long with cars. Uh, No doubt that this uh, absolute obsession uh, was uh, just driving me uh, since day one.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Now, do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you found very useful?
1: Well, actually, uh, useful. You know what? You will expect that I will say something of a a link of a web or something like this. In fact, uh, especially for the young generation, I'm even thinking of bloody unplugging that bloody internet. People are way too much on uh, Pinterest and uh, all these uh, uh, webs, which is basically destroying their creativity. Because every time Ah. people want a new idea, they have to refer to something and, and then basically they cut and paste at the end. The gymnastic of the brain no longer exists. So my, my yes. advice to them is reality, connect with reality, have real experience, whatever they are, have real experience. If you like cars, just enjoy cars, whatever you like to do off-road or anything, just just go yeah. in, out and do it. Uh, and frankly, you can do it on every budget. I did it on the bloody student loan, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, but connect with reality is my big advice. But if you have to uh, appreciate reality and you will still want to have a hint of reality, check out Petrolicious. Petrolicious is a a website where you have people who really love their car uh, that simply talk about it. Just very simple, short movies, a couple of minutes, just uh, presenting their car and and why they love it. Petrolicious is very good.
0: Yeah, nicely done. Afshan Benia, who is the founder of Petrolicious, has been a guest on this show. I love their videos. They're really great. If I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be?
1: I believe for myself, it would have to be William Lyons. Uh, William Lyons was the founder of Jaguar, And uh, he was very much uh, at heart a designer. Not that he could draw, because when he makes a drawing, it looks more like a cat that had a lot of fur. But uh, <laughs> he, had, he had the right eye. And he came up with uh, the right uh, vision for uh, uh, milestone cars, if we just take XK120, although his influence uh, was really influenced by the 328 race car, uh, if yes. we take uh, later the, uh, the Jaguar E-type, again, that was on the shoulders uh, of uh, Malcolm Sayer, the aerodynamicist that he hired who did the D-type uh, before, C-type and D-type before. But nevertheless, William Lyons had the, the, the hand over it overall, and of course, uh, the Mark II and XJ6. Uh, two of the most beautiful Sedan ever built. So just on that legacy, and of course I'm not going to go <laughs> bigger with a list of cars, but these cars are bloody timeless. It's quite unbelievable what the, the balance of uh, of uh, volume that he did, and so much flair, and they, they look like they are in motion uh, just by looking at them. They already look like they have, they have movement even if they stand still. So William uh, Lyons very well he's said. Human his vision as a, a company that he, he created really out of nothing but he still is one of the extremely rare businessmen in cars actually the only one i can think of that was the businessman and the designer the visionary designer at the same time because uh, steve jobs was very much that guy for apple although many people will say actually steve Jobs, he just also was also lucky to find the right designers to express his ideas, this and that but actually whatever uh, at the end of the day, Steve Jobs was a true visionary, and that vision hit the road. Well, hit the, hit the pockets. But yes, yeah. no. the case of Jaguar was very much bringing something absolutely unique to, to the automotive, uh, some, something that is uh, uncomparable with anything else. So much so, actually, that the Jaguars of today, you could say they have they are good. You could say they are Jaguar, but if you are going a little mean, you could say are they related a little bit to Mazda? Are they related a little bit to Aston Martin? Hey, maybe you are, you are, you are stepping on, on the foot of other cars. But this is one of the big challenges of, of car design today for many reasons. you Because you, uh, a lot more things have been created as well. It's easier now to step on the foot of other older brands than it has ever been. But definitely at the time, when you look at those classic cars, they were extremely unique, extremely unique. So, yeah, yes. having a chat with William Lyons was uh, very interesting.
0: Extraordinary, for sure. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners that you've enjoyed reading?
1: Actually, uh since we are talking about cars, there's one recently that I bought from Serge Bellu called La Carrosserie. It's a French book, actually, <laughs> by the name. Okay. La Carrosserie <laughs> from Serge Bellu. And actually, it simply goes back to these days uh, of pre-war. I have quite an admiration of these uh, pre-war cars. I, I, I don't have any of them. Unfortunately, my taste is a little bit too expensive for these toys. But uh, <laughs> they, it goes through how those cars were built. And you know they, they, oh, how you actually built uh, this old one of cars. and they make this skeleton like, a, like a, the, the, the dress, uh, you know, the woman's dress of, uh, of the f- uh, 16th century. They would have a frame. Oh, yes. You will have a frame yes. inside and put the the, the wrapping of the, the the fabric over over it, and and the Figoni Falacci uh, type of body. That was exactly that. You know, you you had this. Uh, you are wrapping skin of aluminium over a, a frame. I really like the, the old Romans. Actually, that the idea of buying a car in the 1930s, you're buying a, a Bugatti or a DeLay. What you are essentially buying is a chassis. And then Bugatti will yes. give you a chassis with four wheels, brakes, steering uh, rack and, and column and steering wheel, pedals, firewall, engine, gearbox, reaxle, and you're done. And a radiator. you got the radiator too. <laughs> so <laughs> you're done. you want on the body over it. you want on the seat. you want on the light. That's all up to you. And, and, and Bugatti will have five body shops um, that will uh, be approved or pre-approved. But you can go to another one as well if you want to. Yes. And and that will basically do the dress for that uh, that mechanics. And uh, <laughs> nice. I, I have to say that there's a great woman, romance of this time, which obviously will never be repeated again. The car is a lot more complicated than that nowadays, but uh, yes. a, a beautiful romance about it. And and uh, La Carrosserie, this book from Serge Bélu, illustrates it very well.
0: Nice, nice. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Samuel has shared on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to com. type in Samuel Shafar, C-H-U-F-F-A-R-T Shafar, Very fine French name and you will find all these links. All right, Samuel, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question, it can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. Any car in the world, but here are the rules. You can only have this one car. You have to drive it. Can't be a garage queen. I want you to take it out and enjoy it. But money is no object. Oh, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of old cars. So you got to keep it. So, what can I buy you today?
1: Well, the Bugatti Atlantic or any Figoni Falacci car will really do the job. But Bugatti Atlantic is quite unique enough. I, I, I would be very tempted to actually not drive it. But in any case, tomorrow we have the artificial intelligence car. So, we don't care. You have this electric pod that's coming to you and will we'll bring you to the theater and anything you want to do. And then, if you really want to drive, Let's just enjoy something very, very special. So, yeah, Bugatti Atlantic. Let's go for it.
0: All right. I'll call uh, Ralph Lauren and see if I can pry his from his fingers and bring that overseas and park it into your garage. That may be a little little effort, so be patient with me, please. Sorry.
1: Do you know the beautiful story about uh, Ralph Lauren uh, uh, Bugatti? He had to beg that woman to buy this uh, Bugatti from, from her. And uh, she was living in Paris in the 16th arrondissement in the 18th. And the car was literally parked in the street. And she kept the car because that was the car of her, deceased husband. And she used to Uh, start the car once a week to go to the supermarket. Go to the supermarket in the biggest Atlantic and come back when you have the shopping with you. And (laughs) he had to convince her at some point. Quite, quite incredible. Yeah, well, that actually can be driven.
0: Well, of course, I think all of Ralph's cars can be driven and they are. And uh, by the way, this year is the first year that Samuel is going to be attending Concorso Italiano. So I'm looking forward to meeting you on the lawn and uh, perhaps pointing you in the right direction. But I think you're going to find it to be an amazing event. You've taken me on a great ride today, Samuel. Thank you for calling in all the way from New Zealand today. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Bugatti Atlantic?
1: Well, a piece of wisdom. Uh, I would like to go back to uh, what I mentioned before to uh, get back with uh, reality and uh, enjoy enjoy real things and enjoy them for what they are and not uh, speculate on them. Uh, if we are talking about classic cars nowadays, you have a lot of uh, people that are in love with uh, what they could be worth tomorrow rather than in love with uh, what they really are worth to their heart. So buy um. uh, buy something to just enjoy whatever it is. It doesn't have to be valuable. Just in, enjoy it for what it is. We are actually living maybe the last uh, precious decade of uh, these uh, petrol cars that that are driver's cars, and which tomorrow, maybe you, uh, somebody who drives a car by himself, especially if it's manual transmission, is going to be looked at. oh, so you play piano by yourself, or oh, oh yes. so you can ride a horse, <laughs> oh, that's quite unusual. So, you know, so we are living very much into this virtual world now uh, more and more, which is certainly accelerating our life. A lot lot of it for the better. And cars, in the traditional sense, are becoming uh, vintage. What we drive today, already today, is going to be vintage very fast tomorrow. So go ahead and enjoy it.
0: Nicely said. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Icona Design Group?
1: Yes, we have a a website, which is uh, Icona-designgroup.com. And you can also uh, find us on uh, Instagram. We have an account, uh, finally, like uh, modern young young guys.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, listeners, I'll remind you that you can find these links on Samuel Shono's page on the Cars.io website. I would encourage you to check out the website. Check out what Icona and his design. Very talented people are doing there at this company. I mean, some incredible designs, incredible cars, things for the future. But I love your down-to-the-earth Concept Samuel, and what you shared with us today. Thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I meet again, I'll see you at the Concorso Italiano.
1: Okay, I'll see you then. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. You take care of your cars.